the moment the lyrics started coming out, I just felt like my heart exploding. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like you walk in, the, in, the, in worship and maybe you're feeling down or your, your heart is maybe even numb. But I felt, or even cold, but I felt this like, like someone was holding this jumbo-sized blow dryer. Yeah, and it's blowing right at my heart. All of a sudden, just blowing. And I felt like my spirit was leaping. I, I can't explain, but I thought to myself, maybe God wants me to pay attention to this song. It was such a simple song, and, and we sang, it's a simple lyrics that you sing over and over, and I love those kind of songs because uh, you don't have to, you know, open your eyes when you're praising and, like, concentrate on the lyrics because <laughs> I get into worship, and when I close my eyes, I, I, like, sing the wrong lyrics all the time. And so it was the same lines just being repeated over and over, and it's, it just rang in my spirit. And as we began to sing, I saw this amazing vision of exactly what we were singing. Just begin to unfold like a movie being played in front of my eyes. You know, the lyrics, John was like, are you going to sing the song? I'm like, I don't know. Um, but no, my answer is no. <laughs> the lyrics um, go, I want to be unmovable and unshakable. So let my roots go down deep. And it just repeats that line, unmovable and unshakable in you. And then the chorus comes, and this is my favorite part. I've been singing it to Christian like all week, and I know he's been blessed by it. But um, And it goes, and I want to be like a tree planted by the streams of living water. And I want to be like a tree <laughs> planted by the streams um, of living water. And it goes on and it says, this will be my song. This will be my prayer till the end, till the end. In the midst of the coming storm, the midst of the coming blessing, that my life would be built upon the rock, that I would not be moved, not be shaken. It's such a simple, simple song. But something happened to me as we sang it. And I had this amazing vision of exactly that, I saw roots just going deeper and deeper and deeper. And as it went deeper, all of a sudden, underground, there was this rush of living water that it finally touched. And with that water, as soon as it touched it, this huge tree just shot up. And I saw the above-ground part of the tree, and it was huge. And the leaves were ginormous, and there was these amazing-looking fruit coming out it's hard to explain with words a vision that you get it, it was a lot more mushy so than it was than how i'm explaining it to you right now but uh, what's interesting was um it wasn't the first time that i saw a vision like this you know we were at operation extreme love in thailand not too long ago a couple of new philly members and i and there was one night um i forget which night but it was towards the end that we did a creative evangelism time and that night we made bracelets. Uh, so basically the gist of it is we made different gifts, bracelets, um, drawings, poems. And we asked the Lord to give us a just prophetic insight that we would find the specific girl that he wanted us to give these gifts to. 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, our main target ministry was uh, for the bar girls in Pattaya. Um, bar girls is, I guess, a, a more friendly word of just saying prostitutes. Um, Pattaya is just the world center of the center of prostitution is in Pattaya, the sex trade. And so we were evangelizing to these women. And so here I was, I was making a bracelet, and we had like little letters, and I spelled out love. And then, you know, another one, and I spelled out hope, and I'm like, ooh, I'm so excited to give these bracelets away. And then, you know, when I finished my two bracelets, I looked across the room, and I saw Roy um, at the corner of the room drawing, right? Surprise. And he was, you know, just so concentrated drawing on this picture. And so I just, I made my way over to him, and I saw this picture that he drew. It was beautiful. It was just this um, butterflies, like it wasn't thousands, but it was lots and lots of butterflies just swirling. And when I saw it, it just really touched my heart, and I was really excited for him to give that to one of the girls that night. And so I sat down, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to draw too. And so I, I put up a piece of paper, and I prayed. I was like, Lord, give me a vision of what to draw. And I had this image of a tree. And I saw this tree, and the tree's roots went down deep, and it was with water. And it was like the stream of living water and then this tree. And then I saw this young girl um, clothed in like a dazzling white robe, just standing there by the river, which was by the tree. And so I did my best to draw this vision. <laughs> and it was special. But um, I, I tried my hardest. And again, it definitely didn't do it justice, but I just felt it so strong in my heart. And I felt it strong, but I didn't understand what it meant. Do you, do you get that sometimes when your spirit understands, but your mind doesn't? And you know, your spirit is just jumping, but your mind still doesn't quite wrap itself around what exactly you're getting excited about. That's what I felt. It's what I felt about that picture. I was like, yeah, it's awesome. I don't know why, but it's amazing. And I was so excited to give it to a girl that night. But what ended up happening was I never gave it to anybody. I gave my bracelets away, but for some reason, I just didn't feel led to give my little drawing to somebody. So I just folded it up and kept it in my bag. But to this day, I didn't, I didn't really understand why that picture excited me so much. And when we sang that song last Friday, I didn't understand why my spirit was getting so excited listening to it. And so... I just thought to myself, man, it must be worth it to look into it. You know, the tree represents life. And it's all over the word of God. Its origins of the tree representing life is just totally biblical. And that, that understanding has totally gotten twisted and tainted by different people taking their own understanding of it, I guess. But Okay, so I watched Avatar this past week. All right, anybody see Avatar? Yet? Yeah, okay. So I watched it with my husband. It was date night, Monday night, date night. Woo! And um, we didn't see it in 3D because I was afraid I was going to get nauseous and, you know, not enjoy the movie. But um, it was so good. Like, I really, really loved the movie. Maybe because it was so exciting. And I posted up an article on my Facebook about people getting depressed after. You guys read that? Like, there are people that are thinking suicidal thoughts after watching Avatar because... That place doesn't exist. And I just want to be like, heaven is going to be so much better. You know, like Pandora, that was nice, but heaven is going to be unreal. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, so 
in the movie there was, and I asked John Michael about it, and he's like, yeah, it was okay, but there was this weird tree scene. And I don't know what he talked about until I saw it. And I saw them, there was this tree that was like this, represented like the source of life to these people, right? And they perform, they worship, literally they were worshiping at this tree. And I won't go too much into it for you guys who haven't seen it yet, but I was just thinking, wow, that tree is cool. <laughs> and I thought there was something about the tree that I understood, but I thought was misinterpreted. Do you know what I'm saying? Like something about the tree was like, oh yeah, there's something right about that. But then obviously there was a lot that was wrong that was going about it. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this, but listen, the tree is represents life. And I think that that element is understood by so many people to a certain extent, but misunderstood. And so I want to talk about um, the right understanding of the tree. So I'm going to break it down a little bit. Okay. So we're going to study the tree a little bit. <laughs> See John Michael laughing at me. Okay. All right. Focus. All right. So when we look at the tree in the natural, uh, we might notice its huge branches. We might notice the fruit. We might notice how, you know, beautiful it is when the breeze hits it and, you know, whatever. But what is the most important part of the tree? The roots. I mean, it's, it's ironic because it's the part of the tree that is unseen that carries the life. You know, the roots of the tree goes deep, deep down, right? And it does that for two things. It provides nourishment for the tree and it also anchors the tree. So the tree won't be shaken or be moved when a storm comes. And so tonight, I just feel like there was something about that song that said, so let my roots go down deep, that just shouted in my spirit. And I feel like it's a word for all of us to heed. I believe that God in this hour right now is calling all of us to go deeper. Amen. He's telling us, yes, roots are important, but I want your roots to go deeper. You know, roots anchor you. In the natural, the deeper the roots are, the more stronger the tree is. Um, one of the reasons, again, I said it draws the nutrients from the soil and, and the water and whatnot. But in another sense, it keeps the tree still. So if there's a wind or a storm, you know, the rest of the tree can kind of go like this. He like my tree. Everybody, this is my tree. The rest of the tree can go like this, but it won't budge from its position because the roots are there and the roots go deep. You know, it's designed to go deeper. That's how the tree, God created the tree for the roots to go deep. The, the, the deeper the roots go, it's like the more the, the tree flourishes. You know, and in the spiritual, it's the same. God talks about the importance about being rooted in the word and how that stabilizes us even when the storms come our way. You know, turn with me to Luke chapter 8. You know, they, we have the, this famous passage of the parable of the sower. And here Jesus is describing a farmer that plants seeds in different types of conditions. Right? He describes, describes a seed that, you know, gets quickly eaten up by a bird and a seed that falls on rock and withered away because it has no moisture. And you know, the disciples listen to this parable and they're like, all right, that's great, but I don't understand. And so turn with me to verse 13. 
And just read with me. Jesus says, And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear they wor- hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. It's like I had this Christmas tree, and I was really excited about having the Christmas tree. But if you have a fake Christmas tree, it comes with this like metal stand. You know what I'm talking about? The stand that makes that X, and you got to put the tree in the stand. And the tree is like great and all, but if you try to stand the tree without the stand, even like a, if you just blow on it, it would fall. Like Jenga. You know, when Jenga, you like play. And then later on when there's like all these gaps, it's like just you could see the foundation shake. I mean, that's basically what Jesus is saying here. A person that hears the word and receives it with joy, that sounds good. But what happened? There was no root. And because there was no root, after a while when the storms brewed, it fell away. You know, in the same way a natural tree, when the storms come, it's the roots that provide the source of strength. Look with me at Luke chapter 6, just a couple of chapters before. And we're going to be looking at verses 46 and 49. And here God talks about the wise and foolish builder. God says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, it immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Jesus relates one who hears the word but does not do it as a man who builds a house without a foundation. Or we can even say a tree without its roots. God is not just telling us to be hearers of the word. He's calling us to be followers of it. And I think that's where we tend to miss the ball often. We listen to messages, we read the word of God, and we get so excited, we receive it with joy. But many times, that's it. We forget to do, and we forget to go deeper into it. You know, although we may not be perfect, the grace of God flows to us, amen? And we are called to pursue that life of living by the word, amen? You know, we got to be people that stops focusing so much on going upwards without understanding the importance of going deeper. It's good to go up. I'm not saying that it's bad, but I'm saying we got to go up and we got to go deep. Without a revelation of God's word, we set ourselves up like a house being built without a foundation. I'm sure that that builder worked really hard to build a house. I'm sure that he got all his workers and they, they toiled, they sweated, they cried to build the house. But it just took one storm for it to fall. Why? Because they missed the most important part. So let's not build our houses. Let's not grow our tree 
one-dimensionally, but let's also remember to go deeper and let our roots go deep in his word. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once he forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Just the thought of this guy like looking in a mirror intently, you know, like studying the mirror, and then as soon as he turns away, completely forgets. It's kind of silly, isn't it? It's almost foolish, but yet it's so much of our story. We hear the word and we see who we are in God. We're told this is your identity. This is who you're called to be. And here we get excited, but the moment we turn away and don't remember to do, we're right back to who we used to be, forgetting who we were called to be. God is calling us to be hearers and doers who act who see who God has called us to be and to be who God has called us to be. Amen? You know, God is calling us to be deeply rooted. He wants us to be anchored in the word of God, which is unchanging and everlasting. Now, going back to the original passage, how does that one sentence being planted by the stream of living water have to do with all this word stuff? Well, if you guys don't believe the connection, turn with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Let me just turn there. Let's all read it together. Okay. Um, let's go verse by verse. I'll read the first verse. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruits in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Amen. Right here, like a tree, that same passage, that same promise is being said in Psalm 1 that was found in Jeremiah 17. But right here, God gives us a little bit more insight. It says, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. God is calling us to go deeper in the word today. Amen? You know, roots, they nourish you and they cause us to bear fruit. They anchor you and they nourish you and cause us to bear fruit. It's the roots that connect the tree to life, literally. And it's the same way when it comes to the word of God. It is the word of God that breathes life into us. John 6, 63 says, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. 
The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. God's word is nourishment to our bodies. Amen. You know, for a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. But something so special about the tree, the illustration of the tree is we are fed to be able to feed. We're not fed just to be fed. See, when trees grow and flourish, they produce what? Fruit. And this fruit provides nourishment to so many others. See, God feeds us through his word that we may be a blessing to others. Amen? John 15, let's all turn there. John 15 talks about the true vine. And God talks, Jesus talks about abiding in him. Right? Let's all read verses 4 to 7 together. 4 to 7, if you guys are with me, look up. <laughs> on the count of three, one, two, three. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Either can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, his thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done to you. If you continue on verse 10, it says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. We look at that passage. What does it mean to abide in you, Jesus? Right there, verse 10. If you keep my commandments. You will abide in my love just as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. It is whoever abides in God. It is who who meditates on the word. It is he that will bear much fruit. Amen. But I believe that God is not just calling us to look at the word or read the word, but he's calling us to go deeper in the word. Though the word of God renews our minds, there's this distance between our mind and our heart that it needs to go. And I feel like it's the root that needs to go deeper and deeper from understanding it with our mind and knowing it with our mind and understanding it with our heart. It says in Luke chapter 6, verse 43 and 45, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So many of us get into situations where we're like, I know, I know what to do. I know what to say. If you were counseling me, I would already know what verses to even mention to you. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You know the word, but it doesn't hit. It, it doesn't provide breakthrough because it's just here, stuck in your mind, but there's a distance that hasn't traveled yet to your heart. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? 
and understanding with your spirit where the, the word of God is written. It just, there's a distance that it needs to go. And I feel like that's the distance God wants us to take. That's what he talks about when he means going deeper. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 2 to 4 says, Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. It's not just read my word, hear my word, be a doer of my word. God is saying, write the word on the tablet of your heart. I think there's something much more deeper that God is trying to get at right here. A, a depth that he wants us to go. A depth that sustains us in times of trials. A depth that nourishes us in times of fruit bearing and leaf growing. Amen? You know, we're anchored by the word, we're nourished by the word, and we remain in Jesus by keeping the word upon our hearts. It's then we bear much fruit. Like I said, the thing about the illustration of a tree is that it provides so many blessings for others. There's this book by Shel Silverstein called The Giving Tree. Do you guys know that book? Such a cute story. I read it for the first time when I was in high school and I cried. At first, I thought it was like the most depressing book. And I was like, this poor tree and that bratty little boy who spoiled old men. But anyway, until I read this, I realized it's a beautiful book. But um, the tree, the tree, the story is basically about a tree that is constantly giving to this young little boy. At first, it provides shade and comfort and fruit. His, he eats the apples and he swings on the branches. And as he gets old, older, it provides a place for writing, you know, the heart with him and his girlfriend's initials and a place for even smooching with the girl. And just the whole progression of the book is this tree giving, giving, giving. And it ends with the tree being cut off and the boy coming in as like this old man. And the tree's like, I got nothing left to give, but you can sit on me. And he just sits on the stump of the tree. Anyway, it's this illustration of this giving tree. And I feel like Shel Silverstein must believe in Jesus because there's something so biblical about that picture that speaks to the calling that we all have in being a person that provides rest for others, a, a person that provides nourishment for those that are hungry, um, a person that provides company when someone is lonely. There's something about what that tree did to that young boy, even as he grew up to be an old man, that I feel like resounds in our purposes that God has given each of us. You know, John fifteen twelve, that same passage of the vine, Jesus also says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. God has called us to be fruitful as an act of love towards others. Amen? If you guys turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 47, there's this passage that I preached on maybe like a way, I don't know, a long time ago, and I, I, t I titled the message River of Life. And I talked about this, this river that is flowing from the temple that's being described as the Holy Spirit, a beautiful illustration of the Holy Spirit. And there's this particular scene 
in chapter 47, where the angel of God is taking Ezekiel into the water. And he takes him into increments. He goes from ankle deep, and the angel measures a thousand, and he goes knee deep and waist deep, and then he's just like too deep, and then they have to get out of there, right? And I just preached how the measurement of a thousand represented maturity. And as we grow in our maturity, God takes us deeper. And I feel like that same word is going out tonight, that God is calling us deeper. You know, we sing and we talk and we love the Holy Spirit, but there needs to be an understanding of how it relates to the word of God. You guys want to experience the power of God more? We need to go deeper in the word. The more we go deeper in the word of God, the deeper in the Holy Spirit we get from ankle to knee to waist. And when we focus so much on just the spirit of God, and that's amazing, but I feel like we become this tree that grows so high, but its roots are so shallow. And you build up and build up and build up, but just one storm causes it to fall. I don't think that's God's desire for New Philly Church. I believe he wants us to grow and grow and be fruitful. But he also wants us to go deep and deep and deeper. Deeper in our understanding. Deeper in the revelation of who he is. Deeper in our passion and our love for him. He wants our roots to go so deep into this river of the Holy Spirit that we would flourish and bless nations. You know, Ezekiel 47 verse 12 says, And on the banks of both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for the food and their leaves for healing. God is calling New Philadelphia Church to be this tree of life. Amen. Where the hungry will be nourished, where the sick would be healed. And God is calling you and I to go deeper into his word. For the word of God to be written on the tablet of our hearts. He's calling us 2009. You see, 2009... Our, our, our verse was Revelations 3.8, right? If you guys turn with me to Revelations 3.8, it was this blessing of an open door. But read more into the verse. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know you have but little power, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. This passage in which our church got the name of our, our identity from. There was a, a praise that, that God has given this church about keeping the word. And I feel like that is prophetic to just the, the calling that God has for us. You hear me? He's saying, keep my word and go deeper in my word. Let your roots sink in that I will build you high and even if the winds of persecution come your way, you will not be moved and you will not be shaken. If this is the year of epic faith, we need an epic revelation of who God is. Epic faith means epic testing. You know what I'm saying? 
God builds up your faith by the testing of your faith. And we will be tested. That is like just saying storms will come our way. But will we be moved? No, if our roots go deep. If our faith is being tested for this church plant in Itaewon, I'm telling you right now, our roots got to go deeper. If we want to see this church flourish and this church plant just be blessed and this church right here bless them, we got to be rooted in the word. We got to go deeper. There's going to be an epic faith that gets released when? When we hear the word of God. And so I think that this calling right here, this tree song that I'm so excited about, is a word for 2010 for this church. Come up higher and go deeper. Grow and bless the nations. It is Jesus who is the rock in which our foundation should be built. Amen. It is Jesus who is the word, according to John. He is the word of God. He's the root of Jesse that was prophesied to be the ruler of all nations. That's our heritage. And for that root to have died upon a tree, a cursed death, for us to be able to be a tree flourishing in life, I think it's worth it to pay attention to the roots. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer.